passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting. The 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rewind a Raw. John Pollock waiting. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Okay. All right. Good. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Um, you and I look very, um, like we're, uh, I don't know, we're both like dressed in like these like dark hoodies, like we're uh, about to go to some like 2006 like emo concert. Uh, sure. Why not? I'm always down. I'm down for an emo concert. Maybe not right at this moment, but whatever. I mean, this is what I wear. I, my wardrobe um, is not very big these days, John. Like I, especially when I'm just staying at home, it consists of like sweatpants and hoodies. Like that's, I, I just cycle between like three different hoodies every single day. Well, that's as long as you got a rotation. You don't even need a rotation. You know what? You got laundry. Yeah, sure. One set of clothes. Um. My my voice sucks, by the way. So I'm just gonna say that right off right off the top here. It sounds um, oh, it's it sounds, nice. Either it's it a sounds nice gravelly like bass. Maybe it. maybe live, huh. live. Um, kind of nice. I'm still I'm still kicking out of this cold thing. It's uh it's coming up on a week. I'm hoping mm. I'm I'm through the worst of it, but it's still lingering. It's been a little frustrating. Uh well hey well keep us updated you're still drinking tea no I one see? cares no one cares no we all care I'm not keeping me? anyone updated about my illness um yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I, having, I I'm having tea right now this is called a <laughs> this is called a tummy tumbler a tummy tumbler tea okay yes what, yes. what, what makes it a tum tum tummy tumbler? I don't know that's what the label says and it tastes delicious so I don't care what it's called it's good huh. Interesting. Is it prescribed for like a cold or something? No, this is just your everyday um, tea pickup. A yeah, tummy nothing. tumbler. It, it's nothing specific for like uh, if you're feeling sick or whatever. It's just it's just regular tea. Uh, have you been drinking coffee or no? Just, is it strictly tea? No, I've had some coffee. Okay. But at night it's tea. At night it's definitely tea. Got it. Okay. How was your weekend? It was pretty good. Yeah. Nice kind of relaxing actually you know despite um a lot of wrestling going on but i i wasn't really watching all of it on the saturday so um it, it was a pretty nice relaxing weekend how about you i watched uh dexter finished this weekend mm, okay finished again finished for again. good yes that's all uh, I'm gonna, that's all I'm that's it about it 
<laughs> I'm, not, I'm not falling for that trap again. No. Um, you can tell us it. whether or not you liked it. No, I, that, that would spoil something. So uh, it was okay, uh, it was it was a series that lasted. All the contractual episodes were met. The hmm. characters were um, present. Dexter was on the show. It's a great review. Right and, on. And it got heavy. It got really heavy. Hey, that's too much. Yeah. Got heavy. Whoops, whoops. Shouldn't have said that. Um, but it was it was mitigated by its lightness. As well. Got it. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Hmm. I've watched two series recently. Hawkeye and Dexter, both centered around Christmas, and there's definitely a theory to episodes that are built around Christmas as a backdrop. What's that? They're good. Okay. The theory is that they're good. Okay, interesting. Yep. So yeah, I mean, you're a Christmas guy. I mean, I think these these are always made for. I you always come to there, mind. There's nothing. Actually, I shouldn't say that. There's um, yeah, there, there's like Christmas elements to Dexter. It's it's happening around Christmas time. So I guess there is some uh, Christmas. It's not it's not throwing you. It's not like we're having a a brawl um around a gigantic Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center. It's not that uh, involved, but it is happening on uh, the Christmas season. I think anytime you like theme something around a holiday, you're you're, you're building an audience in already. You know, it's uh... well, that's, that's what I did like about Hawkeye. Is uh, never mind, never mind. I'm very I'm very self conscious now about. Uh, I I, I don't say, even... you could say what you liked about it. Um, unless unless, but, but what I like about it is going to be something that is direct directly uh, part of the series. Like what what am I going to say? What I liked about it was how this happened. Right. Okay. Anyway. Great series. Great series. That's what I'm going to say about it. All right. Okay. We've, we've uh, traumatized him, everybody. No, no. It's, it's, the, it's the folks out there that have been traumatized. But that, uh, I don't want to rock the boat on this. So no more, no more television reviews. But what else? Anything else uh, going on in your world? A lot of podcasts. Yes. Yes. Many. You did a great job covering Battle of the Belts with Kate and Georgia Review. Thank you very much. Kate did a great job, as did... Everybody on the site who contributed over the past weekend, uh, including, of course, you know, WH and Mike doing our, their Wrestle Kingdom review. And we had, of course, Sino and Davey Portman doing their Impact Hard to Kill review. And then all the written reports on the site as well from Mark Buckledy, Sino again, and also Bruce Lord. So thank you to everybody for contributing this weekend, including and in WrestleNomics, of course. Yes, WrestleNomics as well. Great, great show on Sunday. I didn't see you, though, live tweeting about any any technical issues you had with uh, TSN2 carrying Battle of the Belts. I mean, that uh, if ever there is a lead I up. Did. Oh, I did. Did you have little. technical problems? I didn't have any technical issues, but like it was uh, difficult finding it because it wasn't properly labeled. No, they didn't, they didn't change it to like the day of. Well, they didn't even even like on the on the online, you know, the moment that the show started, it was still the college football game that I had to stumble onto before figuring it out. So. It's okay, whatever. It's a last minute thing. It doesn't seem like this was very well coordinated on the TSN side of things, but it it did work by the end. I don't want to take credit for Battle of the Belts airing on on TSN too, mm-hmm. but there is a chance that it, that that it aired on on TSN from my uh my constant uh, badgering of uh, TSN of what is going on with this special. Oh wow, interesting. Okay, well, thanks. Well, I, I don't know if thanks are due, but they they don't hurt. Thanks to whoever um, set that up. Anyway, so, um, how do you feel about what? Um, 
just about anything. Um, I was doing great up until like the third hour of Raw. Mm. I was like, this, this, this show was going by like, this is going at a nice pace. I thought there was like a really, there was some, there was definitely one very, very good match uh, in there for like 18 mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. And, th- and then all of a sudden, um, Nikki and Rhea Ripley had to have a talk and it just seemed that, uh, it's like, well, what am I watching? And then we were going off to therapy and, uh, it was a rough third hour. Felt like honestly a pretty standard edition of the show to me, which which is to say, you know, most of it is not very good, but um, it's the, it's of the standard. I didn't think there was anything that was that offensive to me on the show. Maybe I'm just so used to it. Well, tonight's show took place in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center, and prior to the show, on the main event tapings, we had Tommaso Ciampa beating T Bar, and mm-hmm. Akira Tozawa losing to Pete Dunne. Yeah, I know. Both of those guys um, showing up, getting some looks. Yeah, they were there. At, they were there at SmackDown on Friday as well. Uh, before they went live as well. But what what do you see as a potential future for Tommaso Ciampa? He's now the title is off of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe it's um you know it's it's a chance to for Vince McMahon to kind of get a good look at these guys up close and to think about where they can land. Um, because you know NXT. Um, they've only got so much of a ceiling, so maybe it's that, or maybe it's, you know, um, I don't know, just, it's a way for them to cement their places in NXT, perhaps. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just wondering, like, when we look at, you know, exotic names of what a Vince McMahon would think of when he, your name is Pete Dunn, Pete Dunn. I don't yeah. see him being uh, blown away by by that. I have to think he'd be at least aware of of the man. Like he was on Raw, was he not? Was he not on that uh, like one of the UK editions of the show? Um, you're talking about what on on Raw? Pete Dunn? Yeah, did he not appear on the main roster at some point? Uh, if it did, it was not memorable. Okay, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Oh uh, yeah, Enzo versus Pete Dunn, a classic. Yes, yes, <laughs> one that has escaped my memory. Um, sure. No, well, there you go. The show began with uh, Brock Lesnar coming out with Paul Heyman, and Lashley is with MVP in the back when Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin walk up. I mean, this is just like salt in the wounds for any Hurt Business fans. And (laughs) they are informed by Lashley, I work alone now. There is no more Hurt Business. Get lost. Uh, But this this was done for a great um, moment later in the night, so this was not done for no reason. You know, I had to look this up, and... The Hurt Business reformed, not broke up, but they re- they broke up. Yes. That broke one break week up. They, they, they reformed, yes. That breakup lasted six months, and then they reformed back in September of tw- September 27th that was of the September? last year. Oh, yes. Wow. And they waited to have this conversation. They waited three months to do this. This felt like the conversation you would have the next night after they reformed. Well, you know? Lashley likes to let stuff linger. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Apparently, I mean, it was weird. Even the reformation was weird. I think for the, for that one night, it, it felt like okay, they 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 thought better of of breaking this group up because they were great, and then they did nothing with them. It was just like Cedric, like Cedric and what is it, uh, Shelton? They were feuding with each other, and then all of a sudden they made back up uh, for no apparent reason, and then just weeks of them teaming lastly was off doing his own thing. And then all of a sudden now (laughs) January 10th 
of the next year. They're like, hey, isn't it great we're back together again? <laughs> Actually, Another year. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it's, they fucked, they're like, hey man, Big Swole was right. They're gonna, they fucked this group up big time. Oh, he, okay? th- th- this was the confirmation we needed that they screwed up the Hurt Business. Yes, this was the, uh, the icing on the cake uh, was, was tonight. I mean, it was just, I mean, what can you say about the Hurt Business? A, a tremendous... Uh, idea that was just uh, they decided to throw a grenade at one week and it's uh, one person was safe. So Lashley, they'll, and MVP- they'll get back together eventually. Don't worry. <laughs> Lashley and MVP come out and Lashley says it's an honor to be in the same ring as Brock. Both are super athletes and tells Lesnar that for 20 years you've been ducking and running from me. And Lesnar notes it's an honor to be in the ring with myself. And for 20 years, I've been busy winning championships in this ring and other rings. So us not happening, that's on you. <laughs> I had no idea who you were until day one. <laughs> and says that it's not my fault. You have not climbed the ladder of success. And if I had known who you were, I would have beaten you by now. Lashley is uh, calling him a comedian. And Lesnar says... I'm funny, and I'm money. And then he asks Paul Heyman, knock, knock. Who's there? Bobby. Bobby who? Exactly. And as Paul Heyman noted, this was Brock Lesnar doing a knock, knock joke in Philadelphia. This Brock, this Brock is just... Uh, what, what a side of Brock that was... Maybe, maybe you could see that there... There is some humor in this man. There is some aspects of this character that have not really been flushed out. But to this degree, I, I never imagined we would be seeing Brock. Like, he really, on the charisma side, really carried this. Oh, he was fantastic. I think they, they were both good. You know, Brock was the personality here. But Lashley, I think, was also doing the heavy lifting on his side. And I just thought it was fascinating that here we have two mirror images of each other who are typically monsters with mouthpieces and in this segment, it was the two monsters that were doing the talking. And yeah, we were really did not need the mouthpieces here because it seemed like this was, yeah, like Brock is talking for himself and Lashley is talking for himself, which I, I do want to, I think for at least one week, I would like to have a Heyman MVP duel. I think that would be like a great uh, segment to do on a week when Brock's not there or something. Yeah, you'll probably get that eventually. But, you know, I, I mean, they're riding this wave of Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley speaking a whole lot more for themselves lately. And Lashley and or Lesnar in particular, I think we, we we continue to wonder how he would work with with Paul Heyman now back at his side. Would he be able to continue to grow as a speaker? And clearly he is. Um, or maybe this has been within him this entire time or at least well, for it's, a long It's why I, I don't think this is going to be a long-term thing because as this segment really is showing and this Lesnar character shows, he is not in need of a Paul Heyman. Like Heyman is just kind of decoration at this point with, with Lesnar that I just don't see this being a, a long-term affiliation. I think this is just a means to an end when they are ready to do uh, whatever this next angle is with with Roman. Sure, perhaps, yeah, yeah. And Lesnar then says, it's impossible for you to beat me when you're a Brock Lesnar wannabe. And with that, Brock takes off with Heyman when Shelton and Cedric attack Bobby Lashley, who calmly adjusts and destroys these two men without breaking a sweat. Although, uh, he did get this like nasty cut on his on his face in this whole uh, in this whole ruckus. 
I didn't notice. There was a little bit of blood here. Um, okay. But there you go. That was the segment, and Cedric and Shelton Benjamin, Tweedledee and Tweedledum here, who were just uh, sent off and never to be heard from again. Yeah, I mean, I imagine you'll get that match next week, perhaps, but it... <laughs> It, it, he it, he actually did the handicap match during one of the breakups. Remember that? It's like he beat them mm-hmm. both at the same time. I guess no, we could, uh, who who remembers, right? I guess we could uh, go go back to that. I mean, this this kind of showed we're not even going to do a match. This was this was the blow off. Was them two on one getting destroyed? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Who do you? Th- I mean, you kind of sense through the promo that it, it's it's Brock doing a lot of trash talking. But do you think that? You know, the audience is going to see Lashley as the underdog here against Brock Lesnar, or or um, or is it going to be more of a back and forth between the two, and they're going to go in as equals? I think you are trying to present this as like the, the these two big forces uh, meeting one another. Um, I, I think like you could really dive into something and make one of those really big video packages on on Bobby Lashley, similar to the ones we saw that were just seemed to be filling up the commercial time on that pay per view. Um, last month or something like that, where you can really go over kind of the accolades of Bobby Lashley, like put in some of his Bellator footage and stuff, like build this up as like these two kind of mirrored careers that are going to meet for the first time at the rumble. There's a lot to play with, with these two, but you also have uh, two more weeks and then, then it's the rumble. So um, this is kind of, uh, you don't have a whole lot of time to build this up much more than it is. RK Bro was backstage, and Riddle is trying to ascend to a higher plane of enlightenment. Orton laments their loss last week, and he writes down on Riddle's hands. If he is unsure of what to do, he writes, tag in Randy. And then Riddle suggests that they go out for cheesesteaks after the match. But first, it is RK Bro and Alpha Academy, and they get the heat on Riddle for a long time. He is in their corner, but he fights back. Huge tag to Orton. The crowd goes crazy. He's in with Gable, but then Gable snaps the neck on the top rope. Orton crotches Gable, superplex off the top. The crowd's going nuts for Orton as he sets up for the RKO, but then Orton drills Riddle to the floor. And then Gable is sent into the corner, tagging Otis, and Orton doesn't realize it. So he gets he sets up for the RKO on Gable. It's blocked, and he is throwing at Otis, who lifts up Orton, slams him, and Orton is pinned by Otis as Alpha Academy win the Raw Tag Team Championship. Yeah, title change here. Very surprising. A bit surprising, yeah. I think more surprising to me was the fact that all of a sudden now, because they've been training on their weekend, as you could see on their Instagram, I suppose, now Chad Gable also has the ability to evade the RKO. As we saw in the in the in the closing sequences of this match, he managed to fight Randy off multiple times. Um, and it's fine, but I just wish they set this up prior beforehand, like in the before months ahead. he hit RKOs to both of these guys in the past repeatedly, and 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 especially for Gable, like the I mean, Gable was the fall guy for Otis week after week, taking RKO after RKO. So not only were they inconsistent with having, you know, Otis all of a sudden uh, before Christmas or, or on Christmas take that RKO for no reason to break that that illusion. Now, all of a sudden, they've given that special power to Chad Gable as well, which is fine by the end of it. Sure. But like, I just wish the whole thing was a bit more consistent. And Orton taking the pin here, no less. I mean, yeah, this is that guy, was I mean, it's I mean, it's always, always, always Riddle taking the pin here. And in this case, it was Orton. And yeah, I mean, it surprised some people that they took the titles off of uh, 
Orton and Riddle. And mm-hmm. well, what do so, you what do you see as like the future for for this team? Well, we'll see what the story is because I mean the whole thing has been uh, Orton prior to this match saying. Uh, Riddle, we lost because you didn't tag me in. So now this this week you got to tag me in, and so Riddle tagged him in, and Randy was the one who lost the match. So um, I I wonder how they're going to tell the story. I mean, obviously it'll probably lead towards Randy versus Riddle. I'm thinking at WrestleMania by this point, you know, because it's such a long term story between these two, and I think they are still going at a pace where you can peak towards a WrestleMania. So um, maybe they'll both enter the Rumble and then, you know, further divide each other throughout the month. Damian Priest declares himself for the Royal Rumble, noting he debuted at the Rumble last year. This year he's going to win it, headline WrestleMania, and he will still be the United States champion. So lofty goals for Damian Priest. He is with the Street Profits, and uh, Damian Priest says, guys, next month we're going to St. Louis, and it's every man for himself. Because, you know, the Royal Rumble, synonymous with the month of February. Yeah, next month. It's two weeks, isn't it? It's in two weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, um, well, I mean, January 29th. Well. Close yeah. enough. He says that uh, he's glad that tonight we each have the others back. But then Dawkins wants to know what side are we dealing with tonight? Are we dealing with Damien or Priest? Damien says he wants a solo cup. And he's going to give Ziggler, Rude, and Cruz one final beatdown. So it doesn't matter what side comes out way, whether it's Damien or it's Priest. So it's four on three tonight. This is a really awkward conversation. Like, I don't doubt that these three are friends. Um, this just felt awkward as hell. And it's probably just because they, they have to play their ridiculous characters. Hey, Way. We gonna be dealing with a way tonight, or is Ting gonna come out? Oh, good. Save me a solo cup. It was just like the most unnatural conversation among friends. Uh, Bianca Belair says that she won the title at WrestleMania last year. This year, she's gonna walk in as champion after she becomes number one contender tonight. So, Damien, accompanied by Priest, along with the Street Profits, took on Ziggler, Rude, and Apollo Crews. Uh, there was a warning at the bottom of the screen that Omos will be in action tonight. Priest takes out all three a men. warning? <laughs> yes, yes. Hilarious. My screen was flashing. It's like, beware, <laughs> it's coming. Uh, after the commercial break, when the babyfaces cleared the ring, Crews held up forward for a long delay before the military press. Uh, Ziggler then super kicked Priest off the apron. The famous Earth of Ford gets stopped and is countered with a powerbomb. And then uh, Priest is on the floor and gets into it with Commander Aziz. And that allows Priest to get nailed from behind, forward with the big dive. And then Dawkins hits a spine buster on Rude. But Ziggler sneaks up and hits the zigzag to pin Dawkins. And the heels prevail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, I guess uh, Damien was coming out here when Aziz was getting in his face. He's getting upset. Uh-huh. That was the idea, right? Is that it? I don't know. I guess so, dude. Honestly, I think the action was fine, as you would expect. You know, any, I mean, anybody you put in the ring on this roster, typically you come up with, like, you know, decent results. But anytime I see the dirty dogs in the ring with the Street Profits, I just zone out. I, I can't even really tell you, like, how this match ended because it's in, really tough for me to pay attention. The, it's a long story. It's a long-term story. That's completely meaningless. Every chapter is like, you know, 
is blank. <laughs> like there are words, but none of the words put together make any sense. Like they might be compelling chapters. Um, I don't know. Maybe if, if you read one page, it's a great passage, but it has no link to the rest. They're like missing pages in between. Um, <laughs> Those are the best books. <laughs> you got to piece yeah. it together, way. That's These your imagination. Two, you're, I look, you're, you're being lazy, way. You've got to fill in the gaps. And and like I don't I don't even know what it honestly is because like I'll tell you obviously what what it is is the fact that they're always on TV together. They're having the same match, and it's happened across SmackDown. It's happened across Raw. Um, and and it just it all becomes really meaningless. Like, does it have to be that way? I don't know. Like, can you keep up? on your 12th match together, you know, can you make it interesting? I'm not really sure, but this is another one of those examples. Like the, like at least the Usos, the new day, I think sometimes they hit, they hit on like the long-term rivalry they've had. They don't even acknowledge it when it's the dirty dogs and the street profits. And why would you, they're like three minute raw matches most of the time. Seth Rollins started the second hour. He's excited for the Royal rumble where he will become universal champion. It's brother versus brother. And he did not, Get an advocate to help him get this title shot. He did it himself. And there are three things you can guarantee. Death, taxes, and Rollins beats Reigns every single time, which I don't think is how these matches have gone in, in the past. I don't know if there oh, is yeah? a surefire as death and taxes. but Like, why did he say this? Does he have a... He doesn't have a win, win streak over Roman? I mean, I... Off the top of my head, I I cannot even recall uh, Reigns beating Rollins in in a singles match. I'm not saying it's never happened, but um, they haven't even had a match in like over two years. You can do some um, research. Yeah, on that. 20, 2019 was their last match. It was on SmackDown, and I'm trying to look at this particular show. Uh, Rollins beat him by DQ. Death and taxes and DQ victories. Okay. Yeah. Um, prior to that, um, prior to that, if we're talking about singles match, it doesn't, I mean, it happened at a live event in 2017. Uh, I don't want to dig too deep here. I don't, I don't care. Well, it's a uh, guarantee. It's a guarantee. He's gonna win. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Raw. Okay. Raw from 2017. Let's see here. Roman beat Seth Rollins. Oof. So, what Man. is Seth Rollins talking about? It's like a final destination. He escaped death that night. <laughs> sure. And yeah. the IRS missed his, his, uh, his postal <laughs> code, I guess. Biggie comes out. He says he is excited as gritty after the Flyers win. You know, for, for some weeks when you see them go to a town and they do not make any reference to the town's name, uh, they could not have done the opposite here. Philadelphia got mentioned so much on this show. Um, Rollins asks... What is that in reference to, to Gritty? And the crowd just was having none of this. Biggie says he has entered the Royal Rumble. His goal is to become champion again at WrestleMania and will beat Rollins. Rollins says he does not have a chance and he wants to test that theory tonight. So Rollins suggests, well, why don't we have a match next week in a better town? Biggie says, no, we'll do it right now. So Rollins just agrees. Biggie was a terrible negotiator here, okay? Number one is that they were desperate for a title challenger for this Royal Rumble. And Biggie could not, he could not get his name into the hat for Adam Pierce to get that title match. Then Rollins gets it. So he comes out to challenge Rollins. Not 
not to shorten his path where I beat you tonight, I get that shot at the Royal Rumble. No, he's got this long, long road that he has mapped out for himself. He, he, he wants to win the Rumble and wants Seth to beat Roman so that he can beat Seth Rollins for the championship at WrestleMania. That's, that's a very custom hope of what could happen and a lot of ifs thrown in there. On top of it, he wants to go out here and face this guy for absolutely no gain. Like, there is nothing to gain from beating this guy tonight. Nothing. It's like personal satisfaction. Morale. That's what I want tonight. Morale. Yes. His, they said that he's, uh, he's, he's personal not doing well after this title loss. Graves was trying to say that he might even struggle with Johnny Knoxville. So that's it. Big E is trying to get over this title loss. But um, not a great strategy from Big E, I have to say. An, an ambitious one. I can give him that. Yeah, baby faces often um, make decisions like you know they do. They like doing extra work. Yeah, you you would think you would have something to say about you know Roman Reigns and wanting to avenge that loss he had at Survivor Series. Maybe you, you would, would think. Him. Yeah, you would. Maybe he wants him to go to WrestleMania or Brock Lesnar even. Not none of those apparently. Mm. So um, the two, all that said, I thought I thought had a pretty great match here together. Um, after the first commercial break, uh, Rollins hit a bunch of these flying knees, including one off the apron to the floor and then another into the ring. Uh, Biggie gets out of a rear chin lock, Urinagi out of the corner, and then this nasty spear off the apron to the floor. I'm always freaked out watching this thing, but the guy has like hit this so routinely. He's never suffered a major injury from it. So, I mean, he's got this spear down pretty pretty well, as scary as it looks at times. Oh, yeah. He, um, it looks easy. He hits a bunch of belly to bellies. The big, the big ending gets avoided, and then Rollins uh, super kicks Biggie. Frog splash off the top for a two count. The stomp is countered with a power bomb, and he lifts up Rollins into a stretch muffler. But Rollins breaks free, getting to the rope. Biggie goes for another spear, but runs into a knee. And then Biggie tries a big ending off the second turnbuckle. Rollins avoids it, goes for the pedigree. It's countered, and then Rollins comes back with the stomp, and he pins Biggie. No controversy here. Clean win for Seth Rollins going into the Royal Rumble. And Big E falls short. It's a long mm-hmm. road ahead for this man to try and get back to the championship. It was a good match for TV. You know, hard-fought victory for Seth Rollins, who is going for the championship. Uh, that whole thing makes sense, of course. But it is interesting why they chose Big E for this particular role when it really could have been, you know, anybody else. Um, is it because they're trying to tell a losing skid story with Big E and, and they're setting him up for a comeback? Or is this an indicator of where Big E's going to stabilize on the card now? You know, and just your upper upper mid card, low main card type of guy for, for your challengers to, to, to beat? I'm not sure. Maybe it's still a bit early to tell. I was also curious. We, we didn't have any Kevin Owens on this show. No, Kevin Owens was not on the show tonight. What happens to the Rollins-Owens association that was still a major storyline last week and this week nothing about it at all i mean you figure kevin owens would have something to say about seth rollins all of a sudden getting a title shot and and him not getting a title shot so no mention i'm I'm sure they're going to revisit that once owens is back i mean it's just what is he injured i don't know what the what the situation is but i mean that's i mean it's going to be an occurrence where people are unavailable i mean that's that's just going to happen but i i don't know what the exact reason is uh for him not being on the show tonight so, um, yeah, I find like with Big E here, I think he's just in the unenviable position of being 
a big enough baby face that they want to give Rollins a, you know, some momentum going into the rumble. And, you know, it's, it's, it's such a gulf between your baby faces that are over and everybody else. And I think they, they wanted him to beat someone of note and you take out a big E you're going way down the baby face list uh, to beat someone. So I think that's kind of um, your position you're in here. I was not a big fan of Big E having to be put into this match, but I guess they're telling the story now that he's trying to rebound after this this title loss. He's in a slump. It's mm-hmm. never fun. Schreiber is in the ring and brings out Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash. And Nikki says that they are here to make an announcement that they are challenging Queen Zelina and Carmella for a rematch for the tag titles. Uh, Zelina and Carmella also were not on the show tonight. But Ripley whispers, that's not what we spoke about. And Sarah Schreiber sees that they're not on the same page and asks, has this team run its course? Nikki interrupts and says, no, Rhea does not want to talk about this right now. Not on live national television in front of the world. But Ripley says, you know what? Maybe it's time we go our separate ways. Nikki says, no, we're going to win these tag titles. Rhea says, it's not about the titles. And Nikki thinks, you think you're so much better than me. I never said that. Nikki says, I was doing a favor for you keeping this team together. Rhea says, I never said that I was better than you in the ring. I was talking about myself, Rhea. So Rhea is out. She's done with this team. But Nikki says, I cannot shake your hand unless you look me in the eye and say that you still believe in me. Rhea does still believe in her, and she hopes that they can still be friends. And with that, they hug. Rhea puts out her fist, and Nikki attacks her and beats the hell out of Rhea Ripley. And as she leaves, she says, only superheroes don't need any friends. Almost superheroes. Almost. Okay. Things, uh, words I've said you know, when I've been, uh, you know, at odds with certain friends as well. So this was, uh, this was the breakup, the long awaited mm-hmm. breakup here. Um, yeah, a breakup long time coming. So, I mean, I guess the idea here, excuse me, <laughs> my throat's really dry. Sorry. Talk, John. Well, I thought that Rhea Ripley in this, it was, um, it was rough going. Um, I, I think Nikki Ash is actually like a very, a very good performer who has uh, tried her best with this. I, I, I don't really care about the split up. Like, quite honestly, this, this character had a, um, a very short shelf life in the summer, and I think it ran its course quickly. Uh, so now we are taking the, the super, the superhero marketed towards children and uh, turning her. So um, that, that's that. Nikki is now the heel in this program. I always felt like. Um the Ash character was always meant to be a delusional heel who thinks she's a superhero. Um, and I guess they had different ideas at the time, but now I'm actually kind of curious to see what she's like as that, you know, overly corny, uh, superhero archetype that is actually a villain. Um, so yeah, it was fine. I mean, I think it's just, it's, it's a segment that they needed to eventually get to. And now they're finally pulling the trigger. Well, um, we'll see where things go with Rhea Ripley. Like if they, like she has definitely been, um, she'll do the match with Nikki. That's, that's it. Is this, 
This feels almost like this will get blown off on Raw, I'm thinking. Perhaps, yeah. Dana's in the back with Reggie, who had gotten her cheesesteaks, but then Reggie has a sixth sense when the 24-7 title is in danger. I think that was the first day it was introduced. R-Truth appears, the referee's there, Tozawa's inside of a garbage can, and then as Tozawa pops out of the garbage can, Reggie and Dana throw their cheesesteaks at Tozawa, who ducks, and standing off by all of this equipment, like stuck in this corner, is Tamina, who is like two feet away from them and gets hit with all of the cheesesteaks. So she's upset, tips over the garbage can with Tozawa inside. And how old do you think you will um, be uh, while we still re- recap these things? Can you see yourself doing this when you're 60? I feel like I'm aging and becoming 60 when I have to go through these segments every single week. I feel our truth will still be doing this when I'm 60. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, even at 37, it it sounds pretty ridiculous. Omos is on his way, walking in the back, and Dana runs past him, and then Reggie runs right into Omos and bounces off of him. So Omos lifts up this guy. Dana's yelling, put him down. And then Omos warns Reggie. This is this, this is a verbatim what he said. You should watch what I'm going to do tonight because next week I'm going to do worse. <laughs> no word of a lie was spoken. <laughs> yeah. Watch what I'll do tonight because next week I'm going to do worse. Hmm. Yeah. Omos and Reggie, a week's build. Yeah, well, I mean, how much, how many weeks should they have needed for Omos versus Reggie? Um, could have got, you could have taken this to Saudi Arabia for sure. Maybe, yeah, maybe it'll be interesting. You know, you got Omos the the giant, and then you have the Reggie, the obstacle course runner. So we'll see what he can do with his acrobatics to evade Omos. Dewdrop, Belair, and Morgan. Uh, Dewdrop says that Morgan and Belair cut the line. Uh, last year, wasted their opportunities, their crybabies, and Bianca Belair is her detour to becoming champion. Becky shouldn't get comfortable with that belt because this is the year she gets dew dropped. Mm-hmm. Which I think is what they're calling her finisher now, the dew drop. Oh, okay. Interesting. Omos versus Nick Sanders. Graves says he's going to start a GoFundMe for Sanders, and... He knocks down Nick Sanders. And then to prevent this man from escaping, he stands on his foot so he cannot move. (laughs) He lifts him up. He just throws him around. And Omos just says, it's too easy. Tosses Reggie off his shoulders. uh, Sorry, that's next week. He tosses Sanders off his shoulders as Reggie and Dana are watching in the back. Tree slam and Omos wins in a minute 38. I didn't think Nick Sanders had a chance here, and uh man was killed. Yeah, they're giving Omos the standard giant push by putting him against jobbers, and um, I think these typically work. You know, it protects Omos from having these big matches. I think in these sort of squash settings, he comes across perfectly fine, incredible. He feels larger than life. That's it. I like how AJ Styles recognizes his limitations. He's like, I'm... 
I lost. I'm moving on. This guy is just too much for me. There is no no follow up. No, none. No, that was they're, they're done week. with it. Yeah. yeah. Then we had the cutting edge segment where Edge comes out calling Philadelphia the city of fighters, and the man doubles down. Royal Rumble, it's the it couple versus the grit couple. And he introduces his guest, Beth Phoenix. And he says that Beth would have been part of the Broad Street Bullies and that the Philadelphia Flyers collected cups. The two of us collected 35 championships, more than any couple has. We're also the only couple in the Hall of Fame. And then Edge throws to a feature on Beth. So they're, they're going really hard to get Beth over um, to this audience and making her like this big enforcer type who's coming back. And Beth asks if Edge is trying to butter her up for later because it's working. Flattery will get you everywhere. This part was super awkward. This like, was like just this uh, felt like seeing my parents flirt on TV. I felt I felt for their children watching this. I don't know. It was just like maybe it's because I've never seen them on screen together as a couple. Obviously, uh, you know, of course they would have great chemistry. But there's something about like <laughs> this sort of uh, like the two baby faces that are kind of like corny um, flirting on TV that just made me feel really weird. Well, he is a. Uh... They are going to shut Miz and Maurice up for good at the Royal Rumble. Out come Miz and Maurice, and Miz refers to this as filthy Delphia. And this crowd, they were livid at this insinuation that they're filthy. Uh, he, may, he references Ben Simmons, and Miz would also give up $33 million not to play here. And he has his own video for Maurice. So lots of heat here for Miz and Maurice. Edge notes that Maurice works hard. She is a former champion, but my wife can deadlift a Buick. What a comeback. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what you would say to intimidate somebody. I, I And I, I could believe it. That she can d- deadlift a Buick? Maybe. I don't know. Like, not, not the whole car. Can't She can lift it. Like, lift the, lift two wheels off. I, I, I. I I would think. Is that that difficult? Uh, Well, maybe. Don't don't tweet me, everybody. I don't give a shit. All right. She said, or he said that Beth smashes things, mostly people. Beth says she's going to wreck Maurice and everyone will chant au revoir, which I don't think the crowd in St. Louis is going to be chanting. I don't think that is a chant they're going to get over. And Miz gets upset doing like his fake French accent and he cuts his big promo, and Maurice just walks out on him. And Beth is going to knock Miz's teeth in if Maurice is too scared to show up at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So, yeah, continuing to really set the odds against Maurice by promoting, you know, Beth as just, I mean, really like a Brock Lesnar of the women's That was the comparison here. It's like she is the big... Monster coming out of retirement because it's one thing to make Edge mad, but you've made Beth angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're doing a good job. These little video packages, I thought, showed you the, um, like, did a good job of conveying who Beth Phoenix was. And uh, I thought Miz was great here. He was very entertaining riling off this crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I enjoyed Miz the most in this. Kevin Patrick interviewed Austin Theory. He's going to impress Mr. McMahon by beating AJ tonight, and his advice was don't screw this up. 
AJ Styles, Austin Theory. Styles is also in the Rumble match, and they do plug his match with Grayson Waller for tomorrow night. After the commercial, uh, Styles' clash gets stopped, and Austin hits a cross-legged backbreaker over the knee. Styles then nails him from the apron and is setting up for the phenomenal forearm when Grayson Waller yanks him off and attacks him for the DQ finish. And Theory comes out, calls Grayson a cool dude, and takes a selfie before leaving. And Waller ends up getting his ass beat by AJ, and Waller retreats. And they sent you to Tuesday night for their singles match. Yeah, it was a bit more plug for uh, NXT than I was expecting. So there you go. Patrick, uh, Kevin there, there, Patrick. Was, there was some weirdness where they like cut to the back a bit early and then mm-hmm. felt like they were telling AJ to like rush to the back and then it, it ended up just kind of being a kid. Yeah, it was very weird. We went backstage. Thing. This was exactly what happened last week. Remember before the like the Orton promo where they went backstage too early before the commercial and then it happened again this week. Where, yeah, we go backstage. It's just a shot of nothing backstage. And then we go back. And, yeah, AJ is, like, hightailing it to the back, like, doing a power walk. And then Grayson Waller is being interviewed. And he's constantly looking over his shoulder, but just takes off. And it just felt, like, really weird. Yeah, super weird. Hmm. Liv says she knows what it's like to be so close to victory. It's a new year, but the same damn attitude that got her into the title picture. I won't just come close at the Royal Rumble. I'm winning it. And now it was time for Alexa Bliss's return to Raw. Her journey back to Raw. And that means going for therapy with Dr. Scoovel. Yeah, they couldn't find Dr. Shelby? I guess a different type of therapist, maybe. That's right. Yeah, no no, uh, no Dr. Shelby. Yeah, Scorpio Sky not available. Um. The first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem in the first place. And she laughs and says, fix me. And there's footage of her, uh, of Lily being destroyed by Charlotte. And then Alexa dramatically pours too much water into the glass, grabs the therapist by the tie and says she feels pretty dandy before she destroys this therapist's office. And this will be a early contender for worst segment of the year. Oh, they'll do far worse than this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this, is, this is early. <laughs> this is the second raw of the year. Yeah, I thought this was dreadfully bad. I mean, it tells us that the the Alexa um, ghost gimmick is is still very much intact. You know, maybe maybe by the end of this is when we'll start to see her revert back to her old self or maybe she'll return as this i'm not really sure but i think i think we're, we're, we're trying to tell some story of some transformation coming out of these i i would hope so and that it's not just going to be the same old but this was about the level you would expect of this character from the wwe something that clearly spells out what the character is oh she's still crazy everybody she even scares her therapist she's nuts she's as unhinged as ever so yeah pretty awful I don't think any more awful than anything we've seen of her in the past, but maybe people have just been, you know, without it for so long that they're, they're realizing, wow, this, well, this is the worst when it's, they they could definitely do worse. Maybe, maybe Lily is not dead. Like we all think. And Lily is going, is in hiding under a different name in Iron Lake, New York. Hmm. What's that supposed to mean? What's Um, that reference? That's a Dexter reference. Um, oh, anyway, nice. so do you think we're going to get more of these segments? 
Uh, I think so. I mean, I don't know. What, what else would somebody do on a, on a path, on a journey? Well, we got two more Raws before the Rumble. I assume she's in the Rumble. That should be her return, right? Maybe a different therapist. Maybe she's going to eliminate Charlotte in the Rumble. Uh, okay, sure. For WrestleMania, then? WrestleMania match? Um, no. It's just odd. Like, they keep showing the footage, and all of it directs you to, to Charlotte. I mean, they, they could also have Alexa just pop back onto SmackDown. Like, you could just throw her on there. Yeah, right. You can do whatever you want. Becky enters for the uh, for her promo and goes through each of the opponents and says this is going to be a battle for the ages. And these three are fighting for the right to tell their grandkids that they lost to Becky Lynch. And that's our main event. Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, and Dewdrop with Becky on commentary. Um, I thought the three like worked like a pretty pretty good main event together. I think Dewdrop, um, you know, she has she has shown like very good chemistry with, with Bianca Belair. And I think with the three of them here, it was especially like Belair and Dewdrop. I really enjoyed kind of their their involvement in this. But Liv also had um, some you know good spots laid out here. Um, Dewdrop sent Morgan off her shoulders to splash Belair. Uh, Dewdrop missed a cannonball to live in the corner, and then there was a moment where Morgan flips over Dewdrop in the corner to hit Belair with a Rana uh, while she was seated on the top turnbuckle. Morgan gets the uh, rings of Saturn on Belair for a very long time until Belair finally gets to her feet, goes to slam Morgan off, but gets hit with the knees. Dewdrop then power bombs Morgan and goes to the pin, and it's broken up by a 450 splash by Belair that the camera nearly missed because they were in so tight on the pinfall, but they did show the replay, and Belair just nailed this, like, perfectly. Belair then drops both hits a handspring moonsault, and then the KOD is hit to Liv Morgan. She's got the win, but Becky Lynch runs in, attacking Belair to prevent the pin, and Belair chases after Becky, and Belair ends up getting thrown over the desk by Becky, and Dewdrop is left to hit the Dewdrop onto Liv Morgan, and Dewdrop wins the match and is going to the Royal Rumble. Probably the unlikely pick, but that is uh, your winner, and Becky Lynch will face Dewdrop. Mm-hmm. While they continue the Becky Belair story, I mean, really just dragging it out at this point. So in that time, you need some other placeholder challengers for Becky Lynch. And this month, it's going to be Dewdrop. I thought the match was, was like good to okay. You know, I actually felt like Liv might have had some timing issues a little bit with Belair. But yeah, nothing to really kind of like affect your enjoyment of the match. The crowd seemed to get into it. Um. Yeah, pretty standard run. You know, it's unfortunately another challenger that nobody can buy. And they just don't, they've done a poor job of, of building them. I mean, Dewdrop is coming off of a losing feud with Bianca Belair. And it's basically so, back as a babyface now for this program. Well, that'll be curious to see. I mean, her promo wasn't necessarily a babyface promo. Well, this so. angle after the match was like Becky offers her hand, but slaps Dewdrop and then goes for the manhandle slam, but is overpowered. And sent to the floor. So I think by default, Dewdrop is at least going to be your baby face in, in this program for a couple of weeks. Perhaps, yeah. It'll be curious to see how she, you know, fits in her character with somebody who is supposed to be a heel in Becky Lynch right now. And who the crowd will cheer for in a, Great in a point. circumstance like that. Yeah, yeah. I could certainly see like a very uh, heavy contingent for uh, mm-hmm. f- for Becky Lynch in in this program, especially the- at the Rumble, too. And I, I think the match could be pretty good. You know, we're talking about Piper Niven I, I think Dewdrop, Dewdrop is is very good. I, yeah. I think that, she, you know, and she'll 
In and this extended- match is going to get some time too. This will probably be like the most time a dewdrop match ha- has gotten. Mm-hmm. Raw. Um, one for the ages, way. I think this is one that when we are 60, we're going to go back in January 10th, 2022. <laughs> that night in Philadelphia. It was a pretty standard edition of the Raw of Raw at this point, which is to say most of it wasn't very good. Um, I didn't think there was anything that was that offensive to me, like out of the the norm. But uh, maybe people will differ on that. I I hated the the therapy segment. Um, I I thought the the Nikki Rhea thing was just it, it was really awkward to me. Um, more so like Rhea in in kind of that that sort of a situation and. Rollins and Biggie had a very, very good match. So those are my, uh, that could have just been our review right there. But um, yeah, that, we could still, we could go back to doing these in three minutes if we really wanted to. It would be harder to justify three hours for, for, for three minutes, but hey, there you go. Mm. What's coming up this week, way? What are, what are we chatting about Tuesday? On well, we have Rewind a bit of feedback away. first, John. Oh yeah, we have feedback. I forgot yeah. about that. Why don't you start things off? We got a Kate from Montreal who says some good in-ring action as there usually is on tonight's show. But I felt like the spoken segments were e- bad even by raw standards, except Lesnar and Lashley, who were incredibly entertaining. The bit with Priest and the Street Profits, and especially the Rhea Nikki split, made me want to whack myself in the head with a chair. And with all the storylines that WWE has abandoned midway through, why on earth would they choose to continue with this version of Alexa Bliss after a months long hiatus? It feels like Bianca and Biggie are clear favorites to win the Rumble matches. Are there any other serious contenders that you can see emerging in the next couple weeks? Uh, for the Royal Rumbles, yeah, um, you're gonna be low on like the women's Rumble. I think it it is more so built less around contenders and who's going to win versus um cameos from the past and surprises. Like that seems to be what that match is very much um built around. Um, for the men's match, like that's it's it's not a very deep list when you look at uh Big E and. I, th- I think honestly, what people are going to be looking at is whether one of the champions loses at the Rumble and then comes back to win the Rumble match. And you could do that with uh, Brock. You could do that with Roman. Uh, I-, I think like that's. I think the day of the Rumble, people are going to be leaning towards that as a potential outcome because there's unless you're going to do something like Drew McIntyre a few years ago, where someone that's just kind of on the cusp and they just decide to really go all the way with someone like. And even that, there's not too many options. Like your Damian Priest level that I cannot see them going that far with to just win the Rumble and suddenly strap a rocket to them. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Do you think that we, like, you know, since it's a two-night WrestleMania, do you think we just have one world championship defense per, like one brand's championship defenses per night? What I mean is, um, is it possible that we get a tournament scenario like we, we have in Wrestle Kingdom? You know, where the title, the same title is defended across both nights. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to guess no. Yeah, I'm going to guess no too. Cause I only ask cause that would, you know, that would make the Royal Rumble win maybe even more inconsequential, um, if they did that. Cause you're already watering it down because, you know, the person can choose between two championships. If you have two championships across two different nights. Anyway. Yeah. I just don't see that scenario, uh, Playing it, playing itself out. Um, the next one here is from MJ. What WWE is doing with Big E is sad, but was totally predictable after they gave him the Monday Night Football slate of the schedule to be champion. Now, post-title reign, what is appearing to happen is too similar to what happened to Kofi. 
What is it about New Day that has resulted in this now twice? Uh, here's an idea. Biggie wins the Royal Rumble and pins both Roman and Brock in back-to-back nights at Mania, cementing himself like Jericho and Daniel Bryan, who had massive wins over top echelons of talent back-to-back. Do you see that happening, Way? Biggie beating uh, Roman and Brock on back-to-back nights at WrestleMania. Unless Biggie really catches fire, like even more than he already has over the past several months. No, I don't. He says, on the women's side of things, we aren't in the Kelly Kelly can't run the ropes era, but we aren't in the women's evolution era either. Where do you see this headed? More childish cartoon gimmicks seem to be less of what fans wanted and the company delivered a few years back. So where next for WWE's once celebrated women's division? I don't see a real pivot available except the tired tactic of more old stars from the past, which is what the Rumble is being advertised as. Yeah, I mean, seeing seeing that list of Rumble participants in the women's match and them having to dig as far back as an obscure as Summer Rae. I'm looking forward to seeing Summer Rae. You know, I I thought I thought she was great at the time, but I I apologize. You know, for when I say that she's hardly on the list of of I think, you know, of returns that people were were clamoring for. People were even thinking about. So, um, it it to me is just such a I don't know indictment of like how little you have to work with right now on the main roster, and and that's nobody's fault but their own. They look at look at the talent that they they managed to cultivate through NXT that they've either passed on or have completely, you know, done nothing with or have driven away from, out of the company like like a Tony Storm. Um, people like Dakota Kai they passed on. Io Shirai still in NXT and they didn't choose chose not to bring back or not to bring up at least for the time being. So, uh, what can what's going to happen? Um. I think I you're. Ju- I think you're just looking at the rumble where, um, you know, and w- and we know now like Sasha is is out as well. So like she's not figured into to the rumble. So I think I think her and Bianca would have been your like one two picks for for the rumble. So you're really looking at Bianca Belair and everyone else, unless you have a really far out idea of of where to go with, with the with the rumble winner to surprise people, but. You know, unlike the men with the women's one as well, if you're leaning on surprises, it's kind of tough to do that when like how many surprises are out there that you have not gone to in recent years and brought back for like the evolution pay-per-view. Like a lot of them, they've come back not just once, but multiple times over the last few years. And there's just there's less women that you have utilized in your history that you can bring in for that kind of surprise uh that surprise entrance, like of like major surprises, like it's pretty much like Ronda Rousey would be like your only option. I would, I would say, yeah, and that's not happening. I really don't think it is. Yeah, um, I, I think honestly, if if Nikki Bella had come in as a surprise, I think that would have like semi surprised people, just given like the. Didn't she come back recently for something? No, no, she hasn't wrestled for a long time. It's been a oh, few okay. years. Well, yeah. because of like the, like the neck and everything. But when was last, like didn't she team with Nikki for something like when or when like Brie they, came they back? finished they they did like the European tour right after that Evolution pay per view so that's you're going like three years since they've wrestled. Oh okay. Anyway, well, thank you everybody for the feedback uh, to tonight's show. Uh, now we can look ahead uh, to this week because we are back with Rewind Away on Tuesday evening, episode one hundred and one, and we are going to be chatting 
Stone Cold Steve Austin and this VHS release of Cause Stone Cold Said So, which is yeah. in fact uh, what is the contents of this show. This video is what Stone Cold said. Uh, what do you mean? I mean, it's him talking for 60 minutes. It is, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like people of our age group might remember this one because it is the first VHS that they released of Stone Cold after he became Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it's so early that we haven't even gotten to uh, Austin versus McMahon. We haven't even gotten to his championship win over Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania uh, 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 6. Uh, this, 40, this doesn't 14. even get as far as the, the, the neck injury. Yeah, yeah. So really, it is like 60 minutes of Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh, rise, I suppose, from the King of the Ring, and they. Spent, we don't. I don't want to do the review before the review, but it's like it goes from the King of the Ring to pretty much like the 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 midst of the Hart Foundation feud. Um, so we'll be talking about that. I mean, it's Steve Austin in character for sixty minutes talking through the highlights of that run, which is a very peculiar and very different type of style of a. I'll say I won't even call it a documentary, but like you know, DVD release, VHS release. Um, than than what we see today. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't. I am sure we will find some uh, interesting things to to discuss, but the the actual recap of this might take me five minutes uh, to go through. But that is uh, what you have to look forward to on Tuesday evening with the return of Rewind Away. Uh, we're also going to have uh, several interviews from Andrew Thompson dropping on Tuesday and Friday this week. We've got. The MMA Prediction Show with Ariel Hawani on Thursday. That will be airing live at 1 Eastern in place of the Post Daily News Show. So you can watch that show uh, premiere Thursday at 1 Eastern on the Post YouTube channel. And then Friday, we're dropping the worst of 2021 with the panel of myself, Way, Braden, and Davey giving our picks of all the worst that 2021 had to offer. It'll actually stream live, premiere live on the YouTube on Thursday night at 8 o'clock. So uh, those of you who want to jump into the chat and follow along the video with our picks, you can check out the YouTube Thursday at 8 p.m. All right. Uh, the whole schedule is up on the site, so you can go check that out. And we are going to be back. Rewind away Tuesday night for members at postwrestlingcafe.com and then Wednesday night with Rewind to Dynamite. 15 minutes after Dynamite ends for all Double Double Ice Cap and Espresso patrons. Way, I encourage you to have a tummy tumbler for your throat. Thanks. Help me, help me get through this show. It was great. Thank you. It's a tummy tumbler. Maybe they should sponsor us. We'll, we'll see. They might be, they might be out of range. Uh, have a great night, everybody, and we'll speak with you on Tuesday.